Hello and welcome to the Leading Line podcast. Uh, Chris here, I hope you're staying safe and keeping well. I did it the other way around that time. Um, and back for the podcast, a little bit different from usual. Um, in the wake of the, the end of Scotland's unfortunate failure to qualify for the Euros, I thought it'd be quite good to maybe bring some light into our, our Scottish women's football world. And I thought, what better way to do that than by speaking to the author of a new book about the women's national team, Stephen Lothar. And Stephen, oh, actually, I have, have I said that right, Stephen? You have, yes, Lothar. I, uh, I mean... I people always get it wrong, so well done. <laughs> oh, I, feel, I feel good about myself now. I'm going to leave this part in now as well, so that's good. <laughs> it, it, it looks straightforward, just pronounce it as it says, Lothar, but uh, it's, people have a struggle. But, no, it's Stephen Lothar. So. Excellent. Uh, well, there you go. That is Stephen. So, Stephen, thank you very much for, for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me and get my name right. <laughs> nah, no problem at all. Um, so, I think before we get into the book, which I've read cover to cover, Really good read, dead, dead easy to kind of fly through as well. Do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself first of all? Yes, uh, well I'm Stephen Lawler, as I've already said. Um, I, I think probably the main thing people need to know about is I'm a football fan, which is, is maybe obvious, but uh, I've been a football fan for a long time um, and despite living in Edinburgh for the last 25 years, uh, just a 10 minute walk away from Tyne Castle actually, uh, I am a Wraith Rovers fan. Uh, I grew up in Fife. Uh, supported them since the early 80s. So I think my first match was probably 1979. So giving away my age a bit, but um, just liked it. You know, got a sense. I liked the crowds. I liked the atmosphere. Uh, and I was hooked from then on in. And I followed Wraith through uh, some thick, a lot of thin. <laughs> but it's been really enjoyable, I think. And it's, uh, you know, it's a nice community club, a nice size of club, I think, that... that is good to support. Um, I'm sort of, I guess, a little bit in with the bricks there. I'm on the board of the Race Supporters Trust. Um, I've been a volunteer with the club at various points. Uh, on So I've written for the programme in the past. Um, I recently ran their sort of kids club. We set up a kids club to sort of get kids to uh, support the team and get a connection with the team. Uh, and I wrote a book about uh, the 1994 League Cup winning side, which was my uh, first book before this one. Uh, called Unthinkable and that was a sort of I guess a bit of a labour of love of I loved that team uh, I loved following them uh, through that journey and uh, and and really enjoyed writing the book about them um, away from that I'm a, I'm a fan of international football as well uh, been to a number of tournaments went to France 98 uh, planning to go to if we're allowed to to, to Euro 2020 uh, been on a number of Scotland trips was in uh, the Parc de Prance when McFadden scored, which was probably the, the highlight, really. Um, I'm also kind of fortunate to have a sort of dual nationality as well. I was born in Belfast. My family are all Northern Irish. So I, I, I sort of lean on supporting them when need takes me. So I went to Euro 16 and followed them, picked them and picked Iceland uh, to follow. I'm, I'm a fan of the underdog. Uh, went to the group stages there. Uh, and I guess more recently, I've, I've become a fan of women's football, which led me into this book. Um, both just women's football generally. We go to, as I said, we live in Edinburgh, so we go to watch Hibs women mostly, uh, but occasionally take in games for Hearts and Spartans. Uh, and then I've obviously found the Scotland women's national team and uh, over the over the relatively late, I think my first game was maybe 2013-ish, around that sort of time. Um, but I've become a big fan of them. Went to the Euros, as I've got a daughter as well who plays, took her to the Euros, uh, and then we went to the World Cup. So we've sort of kind of, uh, become big, big fans of of them and that and that experience and, and the women's game and that sense of 
community around the women's game, which is a, a bit similar to Wraith in a way, in a sense that it's a it's a smaller community than maybe some of the bigger clubs, but uh, there's a there's a real sort of passion there and togetherness there, which I which I quite like. So it's a sort of quick quick run through my sort of fo- footballing history. <laughs> No, that's brilliant. Um, we're obviously uh, going to be talking about the book. You mentioned kind of your first kind of women's national team game. I think that was right about the same time I, I had my first kind of attendance at a game. What, can you remember what game it was? Yes, it was uh, Scotland against Israel. So it was, it was slightly unusual. So my daughter had started playing. Um, so obviously we'd taken out a wraith, uh, but we kind of wanted to give her some sort of female role models or see women playing the game. So uh, Scotland happened, we found out obviously Scotland happened to be playing Israel down at Tynecastle. Uh, it was a really miserable day. There was obviously a little bit of a political protest in the stands, uh, really wet. I think they won 8-0 is, is my memory. That might not be quite right. but uh, So it was a slightly strange one. But I guess to me that sort of made me realise there's a Scotland women's team there. Um, and I'd maybe suffered a bit from the, we're probably going to talk about this in the book, but the invisibility of women's football, so I didn't really see it before that. So, But then once we saw that, obviously started taking a notice of their results, uh, you know, watched the Spain uh, playoff online, uh, and then started going, I went to the home game for that as well, the first leg of that. And then uh, the Euros, I think, was probably the main, the main sort of kickstart to it of we went across, went to all three games, couple of other games and just thought yeah this is great and obviously the World Cup took that to, to another level really. The reason why I asked that is because you said 2013 and then you asked that in 2013 and I also knew that my first game was Scotland against Israel. So, is that right? Yeah so yeah, okay, that, I was gonna, <laughs> yeah I was hoping you were going to say that because you're right that was a, a mad game I think I think actually when I spoke to Christy Murray for one of the, the other podcasts, we ended up kind of going on a sidetrack about that game after we finished recording, um, yeah. because it was a very surreal day that day. But um, I just yeah. remember that there was obviously the protest, and then there was there was a sort of Israel end, which was like <laughs> three or four people who were just you know sort of holding up an Israel fight. It was all it was very cold as well as, as a lot of Scottish football is, but uh, <laughs> uh, that, that that was the sort of starting point really of of, of getting on this journey that's, that's ended up with this book. Yeah, and and let's talk about. I mean, probably you've kind of touched on it already, but why why did you decide to to write this book um, called Arrival? I don't think we've said that yet. It's called Arrival. Um, but why why did you decide to write it? Yeah, well, I'm obviously getting getting to know the team, um, going to the Euros. I think. I mean, I've been thinking about it really since coming back from the Euros. Uh, I, I was almost going to write it then, and just circumstance meant that the timing wasn't right. Uh, but actually, that was quite fortuitous because obviously the, then the campaign to and qualify for the World Cup, which became an even bigger thing and an even higher profile. So, um, so I think you know, as I said to you, I, I wrote a book about Ray Rover. So I obviously like writing books about teams I love, um, and so you know, I just I, I did love I love the team, I love their story, I love the fact they got to the World Cup, um, and just wanted to write about a team that I guess I was personally fond of and had a real interest in. Um, and I think also similar to the Wraith one, um, I guess I'm attracted, going back to the thing about sporting underdog, I guess I'm attracted to sort of, I guess, the, the stories in football that don't get told. So, you know, you'll go to you'll go to a bookshop and particularly in Scotland, you know, there's numerous books about Rangers and Celtic and, you know, even the most sort of pedestrian player for those teams gets their own sort of little book there. And it always struck me that, well, actually, there's no book about Wraith, you know, there's no book about... Scotland women's team, you know, these are teams that are doing great things, have had great moments in their history, but maybe not getting the credit they deserve. 
and obviously in in terms of the women's game, obviously there's a there's a there's an added level to that in terms of visibility and, and getting the credit for, for for what they've achieved. And I think just also having seen firsthand uh, how my own the impact they had on my own daughter when we went to the Euros and the impact they had on her football and her motivation and and you know really transformational in that sense. And I think that's why. I mean, the, the subtitle of the book is how it's how Scotland's women took their place in the world stage and inspired a generation. And and to me, that inspired a generation is very important, actually, because I saw it firsthand what it did in my own family. And I think, you know, there's actually there's a real story there. So it's not just a great football story. It's a slightly wider story about being seen, being on that stage and actually just motivating young people, but particularly girls, to say, you know what, I can play football and, and, and one day play play for Scotland as well. Yeah, I, d- I don't know about yourself, but the kind of first few um, women's internationals I went to, that that came across loud and clear in terms of like the inspirational um, effect that the team can have on, on that next generation of, of young girls playing football. It's a little bit different of an atmosphere. It does take a yeah. little bit of um, getting used yeah. to in terms of the, the kind of noise and the sounds and rounds yeah. around the ground, but um, but as the World Cup showed, I mean, I mean, I guess any World Cup, even going back to my own youth, you know, World World Cups can like energize a nation, and you know, it's a, you see what's going on with the Euro just now with people collecting paninis and getting excited and all that sort of stuff. And I think you know the fact that Scotland were were on that stage and doing something you know notable, I think is is you know is great. And you know, obviously, given the context of it being a long time since any Scotland team had been on any sort of sort of uh, international stage on that, on that level. So I think that made it a, a, a bit unique at the time in the sense that there's a, there's a real story here, I think, uh, which was what gave me the motivation to, you know, I think I want to write about this team and this, this journey and this achievement. Yeah, I mean, we've, t- we've talked about obviously kind of the, the here and now and kind of the fandom of being a fan. We're not going to talk about the end of the qualifiers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because we, we, we made the decision we're not going to do that. But... Um, could you give us a little bit more detail about the book? Because you've obviously talked about the journey, so without obviously giving away the entirety of the book, um, could you give, give a little bit of summary of kind of what, what the book kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for, tells the story of? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, I mean, the simple answer is it's obviously it's a journey, but it's a story about Scotland reaching the World Cup. Um, and I think, uh, but I think once I got into the process of writing the book, I, I kind of quickly realised it was going to be about much more than that. Um, so once I started speaking to people um, and getting a better understanding, I guess, of what the journey had been to get Scotland to the World Cup, uh, a couple of things jumped out at me. The first one was, obviously, it, had been a, it wasn't a sort of overnight thing. We just, you know, suddenly turned up at a World Cup, had a great crop of players and turned up at a World Cup. There'd been a lot of groundwork laid before that to get them there in terms of the squad, in terms of the game. Um, and people like Vera Powell and, and Anna Signol obviously coming in, starting to sort of transform the game in a way, in a sense of of professionalising it, raising its profile, uh, and then just very, very practical things in terms of working with clubs, working with coaches, bringing in a lot of stuff from overseas, you know, Sweden or the Netherlands, uh, in terms of, you know, nutrition, training, strength and conditioning, all those sorts of things, regularity of training. Um, and, you know, so there was a number of building blocks there. So I thought, and at first I thought, well, actually, there's an interesting story here about how 
we got to this point. So it's you know it's not just about the three the qualification campaign and three games at the World Cup. So there's a wider story here, and I think the other thing that jumped out uh, even more so was actually again it wasn't just a this is a football team you know playing football doing well qualifying. It was actually the hurdles that had to overcome to even be able to play the game and to able even to be able to have a national team and a national side competing um, was really, really stark, I think, in that battle over the decades. And, you know, you know, it was quite quickly, you know, I mean, obviously I had a, some sense of this, but once you start interviewing people and speaking to people, obviously you start to come up against those stories of actually what, on an individual level or on a group level, women over the years have had to endure or had to battle against to actually be able to play the game. And I think that, to me, was probably the biggest thing that shaped how I've actually written the book in the end in terms of where it starts. So it doesn't start at the qualification campaign. It starts way back in the 70s when, uh, when obviously, you know, football wasn't even recognised, women's football, should I say, wasn't even recognised by, by the Scottish FA. Uh, and there was a vote there that, you know, all the countries in Europe voted to recognise women's football and only one objected, which was Scotland. So that, that's just very much the starting point for it. Um, so, but it, I guess I, I thought, well, I'll tell the story of the World Cup, but I guess I also want to tell that story of, well, what what these players and, and what this group of women have actually had to battle through to get to, get to a World Cup, and what Scotland's women's football had to battle through to get to a World Cup. And I think, you know, with hindsight, a number of people who have read it and sort of fed back to me, I guess, is that it's quite political in a way and with, with a small p, but that that struggle is very much to the fore and, and, and very clear in the book. And I think probably my own values and politics have informed that as well, you know, just reassessing it now. So that 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 struggle for equality and, and parity. So it's as much about that as it is about a football journey in games and a, and a World Cup campaign. Yeah, I mean, like yourself, I obviously knew knew of the background to it, but I think especially reading the book, you kind of learn even more. And there was a couple of times even even higher, like my eyes were a bit kind of like, wow, like that's yeah. that's, that's something that, that kind of happened. Um, kind of speaking, of, like in terms of how you put the book together, what I thought was really good um, was that, uh, it relied very much on the, the female voice as well. It wasn't just a case of you were writing a book and you were going to tell the story. Mm. You There's tons of quotes in it. We were talking about it just before we started recording as well. And you get to hear the different stories, not just of like maybe the players or the people you know about. For example, I think Sheila Begley's in it, especially in the early the start of the book, a fantastic character that people should really engage with when they're, when they're reading it. How, how did you put the book together in that respect in terms of getting that balance right between the storyteller and, and projecting the voice? Yeah, I mean, I think, again, going back to that struggle and stuff, I mean, one of the things I was really conscious about is, you know, obviously I'm I'm relatively new to women's football, as I said, 2013, first game. So it, it wasn't like the Wraith Rovers story where I'd sort of kind of grown up with it and been there and been at all the games and really experienced that. So I had to sort of do a lot more research, I guess, to learn the story and get the sense of, well, what has this journey been like? Um, and, you know, that, that that was, you know, a bit of a challenge in a sense, just because of the actual material that's out there about, you know, it does, doesn't go back a long way uh, and it's not particularly well documented. Um, but I think, I guess the principle and the same principle I used with my previous book was, uh, to me, it's about people. And, you know, it's a, it's a football story, obviously. But I think what makes football interesting is actually the, the people who are playing it. And I think even more so in this case, you know, um, you know, you could write a book about 
what I think of women's football or what, what we did at the World Cup, you know, had a great time, but you know, that's that's not very interesting. What to me is interesting is actually those those players' perspectives and what we what they went through. Um and you know, I, I think that that was my sort of starting point. That's also what I do for a living outside of, of this, obviously. So I, I do a lot of your work where there's a lot of interviewing. Uh, and, and making sense of that. So I guess that, that was a place where I was fairly comfortable in, in terms of interviewing people and being able, able to make sense of that. Um, so yeah, I, I wanted to start with people. And I think, as you say, the, the, the female aspect of it was, was really important because, as I said, it's a wider, it's a wider story uh, than, than football. It is a kind of about equality. And so I was very conscious of that very early on and also quite conscious that, you know, there's a lot of external commentary in the women's game and I didn't kind of just want to add to that. You know, I'm very conscious of male. I didn't just want to be another male person writing about women's football. So I wanted to tell the story from the player's perspective, but also uh, a female perspective as well, because I think that that is important and that is where the real insight comes and where the real interest comes. Like you say, you know, Sheila Pegby and the stories that she had from from the, both playing for Scotland and then in the administrative side of trying to get the game up and running. And, and one of the things I'm really probably proudest of the most about the book is, as you say, I think there's like over 600 quotes from, from players, managers, you know, those involved in the game. Um, they're all female. And that was a conscious decision of actually, uh, I, I, I want the voices in this book to, to be female. Um, and people who have, again, who've read it have said that gives it a very, Probably different feel from other football books that it's it's it feels very personal. There's a bit of an openness and an honesty there that that you maybe don't get in a, from another perspective, and it, and it kind of avoids the sort of usual cliches of you know, uh, well this happened in the game or that in reaction. It's a very and when I spoke to people, I found them to be really honest and open about their their experience. So so yeah, so that 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 was important. But uh, speaking to people was was critical. So, you know, once I'd done the research, got an idea of what the story was, what I wanted to tell, it was all just about, I guess, trying to speak to as many people as possible. And and again, that 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 was a bit of a challenge, obviously. It was there's a lot going on in the world at the moment and people are a bit distracted, you know, right, understandably so. But, you know, I was fortunate enough to get a lot of time with people who are at the heart of the story, you know, people like Sheila Begbie. Um, very early on I got Shelley Kerr and Anna Senior. Uh, got time with them, which was absolutely fantastic. Obviously, members of the current squad, and then uh, also to speak to people like Julie Fleeting and Ifumi Dieki and Pauline Hamill, so who'd been through it and maybe from a bit of a longer perspective, uh, and you know, and, and got that sense. And also people who are part of the wider story, like Laura Montgomery at Glasgow City. There's a chapter devoted specifically to, to Glasgow City and, and that story. So I was really able to get get people, get those reflections and weave that together with, with I guess, other sources. So um, I, I say specifically in the acknowledgements, you know, I couldn't have written this book without the help of other people who've actually been covering the women's game, yourself included, you know, people like Alan Campbell, BBC Alba, people who've got a long-term sort of dedication to the women's game and have, and have been there and covering it and interviews and, and all that sort of sort of source material. So that was absolutely invaluable in terms of piecing it together and getting as many stories in there as possible. Uh, and hopefully that gives that a sort of authenticity. And, and, and I guess, you know, it's their experiences. You get their emotions in games, you get their reflections on, 
on their journey, on on some of the challenges they face, the you know the good moments and the bad. So I think that that gives it a real uh, honest honest voice. I think, and 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 to me, a more interesting voice than if I'd have just sat down and went, "Here's what I think about women's football." You know, who who, who wants to hear that? Really, not even me, probably. <laughs> Uh, it's the same way I feel any time I talk about it as well, so that's, that's absolutely fine. But um, no, I think you're absolutely right, and it's something that obviously we try and do it by leading the line is try and get those female voices on, and whether it be Scotland national players or, or players playing in the SWPL or even outside of the game, um, I think that's really important. So I think that's one of the reasons why the book is so good, because it, it does lean on that. Was there, was there anybody that you felt you kind of knew about, and then after you've kind of done the book or after you spoke to them, you've gone... I found out even more about you. I was AMD was just like really was like an eye opener to you by the time you kind of finished. Yeah, I mean, aside from people, I mean, just like you said earlier on, some of the stories about what they actually had to sort of contend with were a bit eye opening because you have some sense of it, you know, and you know about the vote and voting against it and women's football being banned. But I think the thing that surprised me most was just how recent it all was. And actually, I mean, arguably, even to this day, there's things going on that are, you know, that are that are that shouldn't be happening. But, you know, the fact that, you know, there's no support from the Scottish FA in the 70s for the Scotland women's team, you know, right the way up to the 90s, is, it kind of surprised me and astounded me, really. You know, when the first sort of official Scotland-England game was played, you know, the stories around that, again, in the early 70s of, you know, it was Elsie Cook, I think, had to buy the strips and sew on the badges and the borrowed borrow socks from Rangers. You know, didn't have any transport to get to the ground, had to go down in a furniture van, I think. Couldn't play at a league ground, you know. Just just stuff like that, I think, was really, really surprising. But on a personal level, in terms of people, yeah, I mean, probably probably the two that stick out to me are, are Anna Signo, first of all. I mean, obviously, I knew that she was a manager. I'd been a manager at the Euros. Obviously, I started supporting them at the sort of tail end of of I guess her her getting them to the to the Euros, um, but I was a less less aware of the journey that she'd had personally, and I guess the effort that she put in uh, with this not just with the squad, but with the clubs and with the coaches and and basically turning around or, or transforming the culture of, of of Scottish football. I mean, uh, I think that 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 was a really surprising aspect of the story that I I wasn't fully aware of or, or didn't fully understand. So. You know, all those things about, you know, setting up the National Academy, you know, as I, as I said before, bringing, bringing a different ethos and a sort of professionalism to it, as well as things like, you know, establishing the Cyprus Cup and changing the season and I don't, when when people played, all that sort of stuff. And she was, as I said, I spoke to her really early on and she's a really open, humble person with a real, with a real passion for football. And I mean, the warmth she has for both football, but also for the players that she had, you know, in the squad. I mean, I think is probably just as strong today as as it was when when she was sort of uh, managing them. So you know, the real warmth and affection there. And, and I mean, Scotland's <laughs> Scotland situation aside, that's why I was delighted why you know she she's got taken Finland to the Euros because you know a real amazing character. I mean, the other the other one that jumps out, I guess, that I really wasn't aware of was Pauline Hamill as well. And um, you know, again, someone. So humble, so down to earth, you know, so unassuming. But you know, she's had this amazing career, both in terms of playing, you know, the first the cap she's had, you know, breaking Kenny Douglas's record appearances for Scotland at the time, you know, obviously over a hundred caps, just just an incredible journey. And then actually going on to, you know, set up the help set up the academy and and now working with the sort of young people and just, you know, 
when she talked about, I guess, you know, well, actually, yeah, I did all that in my playing career, but actually I've got a more important job now, which is, is sort of, you know, bringing on the next generation. I mean, just, just a really incredible sort of personality. And, you know, and, and, and she, she probably had one of my most favourite quotes in the book was, you know, when I, when I talked to her about, you know, well, what's what does football mean to you? What What's your experience? And it was that sort of, you know, she talked about friendship she got from it and just that her phrase was sort of football brought me happiness, you know, and it just, it's like just that summed up, I guess, her personality and what she got from the game of just like, you know, yeah, it doesn't matter. I've got over a hundred caps. It's actually fr friendships and happiness is what it is, what it's brought me. And I think that's a really powerful sort of message to, to anybody who plays the game or whatever level real, you know, it can be a real positive for all the problems that football has and, and particularly in Scotland, but it can be a really positive thing in people's lives. Yeah. It's why so many people are so keen to get it back as well. Um, yes, I know exactly. But we won't. But we're not going in that path either. <laughs> um, obviously, we we both know that um, editing's quite a cutthroat business when it comes to kind of doing anything, whether it's TV, books, newspaper, whatever it is. Is there anything that didn't quite make the final cut that you were a little bit? Oh, I wish it kind of wish it was a way I could have got it in there at all. I can't think of anything specifically, but I mean, there was a lot of, I guess there was a lot of, I mean, when you interview people, you speak to them for a reasonable length of time. So there's a lot of material and a lot of good stories and and, and, a, and a lot of, uh, you know, just good chat, basically. And I think it can be sometimes quite hard to sort of uh, cut that down to, I guess, what keeps, what makes the book flow and what makes the book uh, keep going and stuff. So I was, I was very lucky. I had a a very good editor and my wife who was the first person to sort of read it uh, so I tentatively handed it over and but having a having someone else look at it and say you know you know I might have quotes that I'm really fond of because I remember the interview and you know there was a story that I particularly like but having someone I guess slightly more detached who would read it and say that doesn't really add anything there or you know you've sort of over explained that or you know you don't really need three three different quotes about about this moment in a game or whatever, so it was, it was probably that I think that more so that 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 was helpful in getting in getting those things. So there, you know, there were little bits and little commentary. I mean, I almost wanted to put what everybody said. You know, particularly when you get to really key moments. You know, like qualifying Albania or you know being at the World Cup and playing England or even the Argentina game. You know, it, it, there's there's so much good stuff in there. It was it was sometimes quite hard to edit that out and get a balance, you know, so it's not just endless, endless quotes about it, which, you know, they are great, but, you know, again, you, you want, you want someone to be able to read it and, and get a sense of it, but thankfully that had a good editor who helped, helped me do that, so. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you mentioned the Albania, the moment, um, I think the way that was knitted together with the different kind of perspectives from like on the park and the stands and the dugout from Shelley as well. Um, I thought that particularly was like a really, really great way of painting a picture of that moment. That it's and at home, so I mean, again, Hamill sitting at home, not, she's yeah. <laughs> telling me the story of having her B licence and she had a French class because you've got to do a foreign language and... Uh, and, and not sort of dogging her, her, her lesson because Scotland were going to qualify for the World Cup. But yeah, no. What what do you think? Obviously, you've had to research a, a ton, and as you quite rightly say, there isn't. It's hard to research women's football in Scotland sometimes. It, it is without being able to go and speak to these people. Like, what what did you learn? Did you find any new source that you never knew existed? Was there anything that you kind of like? Wow, that's 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 something I'll take forward. Yeah, I mean, as as I said, I think the the. Um, 
the, the other people, I guess, who'd covered football, women's football for a long time, I think, you know, was invaluable. And I think, you know, I, I think the things that I guess that I sort of learned from it was was mainly around what they had to battle against. Again, just going back to what I said earlier that, you know, as I said, I knew about the vote. I knew roughly that, yeah, there's obviously been a, a bit of a struggle here. I just didn't realise the extent of that struggle. And I didn't realise, I guess, how how long it persisted as well, you know? So even quite recent times, there's there's still a struggle. I mean, arguably there still is, you know? So even when, you know, Anna Senior was talking about her decision to leave after the Euros, which she made before the Euros, obviously, you know, she talked about being in, being in meetings, you know, post-qualification and having to argue for resources and having to have that same old debate, you know? But you think, you know, at that stage you would be, you know, that would be done. You've qualified, you're, you've, you've put the country on the map. So you, you think almost it's a no-brainer uh, to, to be, you know, the resources would be there. And, and also, again, you talked about Sheila Begbie. I mean, she left in, I think, 2014 uh, and is now with Scottish Rugby Union doing a very similar job. And, and she said when she reflected back and she realised that almost every day was a sort of struggle, that there was some sort of struggle or other, that it was something really minor or it was a huge battle for resources or for recognition. It's just that sense of it being being a constant fight. So I think that probably surprised me that that I learned that actually this 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 fight was was you know was was difficult. And I mean it's interesting one of the things Anna Senior said when she was approached about the job was she'd been through that fight in Sweden and had been through that battle and knew exactly how hard it was and the toll it takes on you. And and you know she almost didn't come to Scotland because she kind of thought I kind of don't want to go back and, and fight that whole battle again. And obviously she did in the end, but um and, and thankfully for us, but just just that battle, I think, and and you know, as I said, it's probably probably still still ongoing. Um, and I, I think the other thing that's, that, that that I sort of learned that surprised me was is on a more personal level, just how open and warm people were and how sort of uh, willing to help, I think, which which was just incredible, you know. You know, so so people like Shelly Kerr give given up, you know significant chunk of her time to speak to me and also help and put me in touch with other players you know uh, uh, particularly from the sort of older players you know the people like Julie Fleeting um, and actually she helped make sure that I got access to the SFA's archive of photos so even on a personal level to sit and just go through all their photos of the World Cup behind the scenes players games obviously it was just a real a real personal treat to do that and obviously some some of them um, made it into the book so and I, that that probably is a little bit of great in terms of what didn't make it into the book because there were so many great photos just to have to pick you know ones that sort of represented a journey and and a small handful was 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 a bit of a struggle because you know ideally but then it would have turned into a photographic book rather than an actual book so but yeah I, I mean it's been a real learning process for me just in terms of the, the women's game and having a better understanding of that and um, and just you know being able to speak to these people I think is, is always a sort of the same with the Wraith book was always a huge honour because I'm kind of a bit of a fan of a lot of these people so you know getting a chance to spend a little bit of time asking them what they were thinking in key moments is is a real privilege I think. No, absolutely. I, and I testify to the, the fanboy moments. I remember the first press conference I went in and I was like, oh, I'm, I'm here and I'm asking Shelley Clare a question. That's quite cool. Um, yeah. But yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I think these moments are important. And I, I had it with the Wraith book as well, because obviously I grew up watching a lot of these guys. Uh, so, you know, I always have that sense of, oh, oh this, is, this is this is quite cool. You know, Speak, I'm speaking to a player that I think is great. You know, that's a watch from the from the 
from the stands and, and, and thinks amazing, you know. And uh, so I think there's always a little bit of a, uh, a, a thrill from that, I think. My question for you, I know you've got a daughter. Does she, has she given the book the seal of approval? She has, yeah. She read it. <laughs> she was the second person to read. My, I got one advanced copy just a couple of days before Christmas. Um, so wife read it first, the, fine, the very final thing. And then she was the second person I, I, I gave her a, a, a copy to read. So it's not, it, got the, it got the seal of approval, obviously. She was quite pleased she's mentioned in it. So that uh, always goes down well when you're uh, 15, I think. So, but no, no, she's 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 yeah, hugely supportive of it, and I think is quite uh, proud of 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 some of it, and you know, and uh, when she sees people tweeting about it or players tweeting about it, you know, I think she probably gets as as big a thrill as I do, you know, that, that a Scotland player's got got that book in their hand and is, is looking at it, you know. Um, I think I think I said to you as well before we started recording it. I, I thought it was really accessible in terms of somebody maybe being able to pick up. Maybe somebody who's not necessarily a big reader could come pick that book up and do it really well. Was that something you had in mind, particularly obviously with your daughter being a little bit younger, the the attention spans of the modern age? Um, no, I think it's just it's just the way I write. I think I mean it's, it's interesting. I had when I did the Wraith book, one of the nicest things that 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 anybody ever said to me about it and, and and people were really you know oh thank this is a great story thanks for writing it but somebody came up to me at Starks Park and said you know oh that book you know like it's like it's the one book as an adult I've read I'm just not a reader but I read it and really enjoyed it and I was so like happy when that when the, the guy said that to me and so I don't I, and, and a couple of people have said to me I guess this style I'm not one for big words or being flowery or or you know, particularly sort of artistic in any way. I'm just I'm kind of driven by the story and the people's words, and that that to me what's important as well. And you know, I guess there are things that you know I'm not editing anybody's words. You know, I'm 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 sort of replicating them as they said them. So you know, I think that gives it a sort of down to earth. So it's how people speak is in in that sense. So I think that probably grounds it a bit and makes it an easy an easy read. Uh, and as I said, there's no, there's not, there's not too many big words or no big words probably in it. So, good stuff. Um, tell you what, let's let's round off then. Do you want to do your sales pitch for it in terms of where people can get hold of it, how they can get hold of it, all that kind of stuff? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm not very good at selling myself. I think. <laughs> well, I had a funny exchange when uh, someone asked me to sign it. You know, and I, just, I always just feel a tube signing it. You know, and just like I sort of think like, why why am I writing on this? You know, I'm, I'm, I feel as if I'm sort of kind of defacing it in a way. But so I'm not not a great sales pitch. But I think to me to me, it's the players that sell it. It's the story that sells it. Uh, not particularly my writing. I think it's a great story. As I said, it's a great football story, but it's also that story about quality about people about women if effectively uh, to me it's a very inspiring story so it's that sense of you know even speaking to people and learning about what they've, they've battled against you know they overcame that and they qualified for the euros qualified for the world cup you know the amount of people who went out to watch those games and went to the world cup had great experiences like ourselves uh, at that tournament you know that that stays with you forever uh, and again, you know, one of the, one of the things that I was really pleased about, I guess, was, you know, we went to France in '98, myself, my wife, and my brother. You know, still talk about it. It was a great, great trip. And I actually think the 2019 World Cup is that, but for our family as well. I mean, it was it was just the best of times, really. And I think, you know, in 20 years' time, we'll still be talking about 
when we went to France for the World Cup to watch Scotland as a family. I think you can't you can't really buy that. So it's a great great story. I think it's got people at the heart of the story. I think as you said there, the people that are effectively telling it. I think that to me that gives it something extra. That gives it that it's not a usual football book that just chronicles games and this and results and that and, and, and talks and cliches. But it's much more than that. I think it's it's people, it's emotion, it's personal personal journeys. And I think again that to me what really what really tips over the edge of being something hopefully that people will will want to read. As I said, it's got great photos from the SFA World Archive. So even if you don't want to flick through and look at look at those photos, um, it's even got a haiku from Carly Brown who wrote specifically about the Scottish women's national team. So uh, hopefully it's got it's got something for everyone in there. No, absolutely. And I, I have already publicly recommended it on social media, but I'll do it again now. Thank you very um, much for that. No, that's okay. Uh, absolutely. It's a, it's a really great book. Proper in-depth history told through the right voices. It's a wonderful read. I'd like to go and get it pre-ordered uh, in the description of this podcast, so just make sure you go and click on that. But um, Stephen, thank you very much for taking the time to get a chat through the book. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. No, nah, no problem at all. And thank you very much for listening. Don't know when we'll be back again. Hopefully when there's some football. But until then, stay safe and we will speak again soon. It doesn't make me-